This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this, well, last episode of 2022 which means it's time to take a quick look back at the year's biggest cruise stories, as we do every year. Obviously, the cruise industry continuing to bounce back from the shutdown continues to be a hot topic. But today, we're going to look a little bit beyond that single headline to some other stories that made the news over the past 12 months. And joining me now is someone who loves nothing more than to talk about cruise news, staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. Slightly early Happy New Year to you and yours. Yeah, man. Same to you. We've got a lot of stories to hit here, so let's dive right in. Now, we're going to do these in no particular order. So let's start with some of the strangest stories first, I guess, which is the fall and then resurrection of Crystal Cruises. For a while there, this whole story was like something right out of like a Tom Cruise movie, except instead of chasing a bad guy, like the boat was sort of the villain. So a judge ordered that the Crystal Symphony be seized when it returned to Miami because um, its parent company, Genting, who's going to be in our next news story too, spoiler alert, they owed a lot of money and there was bankruptcy stuff going on. And so they basically were going to kind of quote unquote arrest the ship. So instead of heading back to Miami, the ship decided, hey, we're just going to go on their run to the Bahamas where they can't arrest us. As it happened, though, they still had all their passengers on board. So once they got there, they had to make arrangements for everybody to get back home. Eventually, both Crystal Symphony and Crystal Serenity were sold to A&K Travel Group and and the good news is that there is kind of a happy ending here. They will be returning to service sometime in 2023. They're right now going under some renovations, but it does have a happy ending for those two ships. So all is well that ends well, right? Is that, is that the saying, Richard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. And speaking of ships bought and sold, Disney Cruise Line made a pretty unexpected move. That's for sure. Uh, and this story, like I said, is connected to the previous one. So Crystal Cruises was owned by Genting Hong Kong, which was hit by big financial problems in 2022. They were going down fast. As a result, they had partially constructed this ship called the Global Dream, and they couldn't afford to finish it. So it kind of was sitting in the shipyard. And all of a sudden, Disney swooped in and announced that they had bought it. And one of the reasons this is so unusual is that this is a very big ship. I mean, it's the, what its final passenger capacity will be is still sort of up in the air, but it's it's around six thousand right now. Disney will definitely come in and make some big changes because you know, as planned, the ship had a casino, which Disney ships don't have, and you know they'll have to do all of the different things that Disney does with its ship. We'll see what kind of top deck attractions they add and stuff like that. But it will become the largest ship in Disney's fleet when it joins in twenty. 25. Hey, how's that Disney Star Wars hotel doing? Terrible. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's been a real sort of financial drag for them because I mean it, it's unusual in that it's very limited in its capacity in that you only can stay for like two nights max and you actually have to stay for two nights you can't just go for one night and it's really expensive and so I think there is a market for it among Star Wars fans but it's a very limited market so that's going to be a big one to watch in 2023 and see what happens with it. 
I just got a kick out of it when it first uh, debuted and they brought all those influencers down there and they were like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And then once people started paying for it, they're like, meh, okay. Yeah, really? You mean influencers are, are <laughs> right. saying things that aren't necessarily true? <gasps> exactly. Now, this next one sounds like something you'd see on Dateline, and it's the first of two stories involving someone, unfortunately, going overboard. Now, one of the things we always say whenever there is a story about someone going overboard is that people don't just fall overboard. There's always something more to the story. Usually it's alcohol, but sometimes it's something else. And in this first case, there's a whole mystery unfolding. So in July, a jewelry executive whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce, who worked for Tiffany's, you know, the big jewelry company, went overboard while on the Norwegian Spirit. Her son later reported that like jewelry was missing from her room. And her partner slash travel companion didn't actually report her missing for like 20 hours, which in and of itself is very unusual. He was questioned but later released. Still, there's no word on what really went down that night. And who knows? We may never know. The way you said that sounded like Keith Morrison from Dateline. (laughs) Were you going for that? That would be the highest honor I could possibly have. I love him. Yeah, that's going to turn up on Unsolved Mysteries probably sooner than later. Is that even still a show, Unsolved Mysteries, or am I going back it to the is. 90s? It is. It's on Netflix now. Okay, gotcha. Meanwhile, another case of someone going overboard got a whole lot of media attention. Yeah, weirdly, this story actually got more attention than the one about a rich woman mysteriously vanishing. I mean, you would think that that would be the story everybody was talking about because it had the, you know, a lot of mystery elements to it. And we we all love that kind of thing. But in November, James Grimes went overboard while sailing with his family on the Carnival Valor. How did he go overboard? We don't really know. Uh, But he was in the water for 18 hours before being rescued, which is in and of itself incredible. I mean, we all know the first thing you think when somebody goes overboard and they launch a search and rescue is that it's probably going to be a recovery as opposed to rescue. And that's assuming that the, the, the person is found at all. It's just rarely does it have a good ending when someone goes overboard, but to be in the water for 18 hours and be rescued and, you know, seemingly pretty much okay. There are still a lot of details we don't know, like I said, like how he fell overboard. Some people are calling it a Thanksgiving miracle. Uh, I tend to be a little bit more skeptical, so I feel like there's some story details here we don't quite know yet, and um, I really would like to know the rest of the story. So next up is a whole lot of people referencing Titanic, but uh, not really. Yeah, you never want to hear the words iceberg and cruise ship in the same sentence. Uh, You know, Titanic kind of ruined anything you might say there. But in June, the Norwegian sun hit a big chunk of ice while sailing to Hubbard Glacier in Alaska. Now, I'm going to be honest, until this story, I always thought a growler was a jug you fill with beer. Mm -hmm. But it turns out a growler is also a piece of ice about the size of a piano, which doesn't technically qualify as an iceberg, you know, according to the people who classify these things, because everything is classified. So it was a growler rather than an iceberg that it hit. But you'll never know that looking at any headline anywhere because everybody referred to it as an iceberg. Uh, And there was cool video of it that, you know, made it onto YouTube. The ship underwent a few weeks of repair as a result, but is now right as rain and back to sailing again. And speaking of bad things happening to good ships, a Carnival Cruise Line vessel has a new look thanks to an old enemy. Like icebergs, cruise ships and fire are generally not a great combination. 
But that's what happened when one broke out on the funnel of the Carnival Freedom while it was docked in Turks and Caicos. The good news is that because the ship was docked, um, most of the people on board were already on shore. You know, they were off on shore excursions or whatever. The rest were evacuated. Nobody was hurt. And the crew on board, you know, they really were an example of exactly what you want to happen. You never want a fire to happen on your ship. But if it does, you want these well-trained people handling it exactly the way they did. The only downside here is, so Carnival is really well known for their whale tails. It's it's iconic. You know, you see even a silhouette of it and you know that's a Carnival ship. Well, that's not true for Carnival Freedom right now because the whole top part, the whale tail part that makes it so distinctive, that had to be removed. Um, there was so much damage and they were able to repair the funnel and repair the ship and it is now sailing again, but it is doing so without the whale tail. Uh, supposedly next year before she heads to Europe, they will be able to fix it and she will once again have that same look as the rest of the fleet. But for now, she does not have that distinctive flair, I'm afraid. And finally, on a more personal note, the cruise industry lost one of its biggest supporters, and Richard and I lost a friend. Most listeners probably don't know the name Lynn Humphrey, um, but if they ever bought anything from Carnival's online retail shops, they can thank him because he helped develop it. Uh, this was back when Vicki Freed, who is now with Royal Caribbean, was working for Carnival. He um she was his mentor, and she really saw something in him and promoted him up through the marketing department. And um, so eventually he became a professor. He was a larger-than-life personality. I find it almost hard to imagine him as a professor. But um, he worked his way in the marketing department at Carnival and was affiliated with a couple of other cruise lines. But to me, he's always going to be the person who, about 10 years ago, suggested I should talk to his friend, Doug Parker, and maybe like do a little guest spot on his show. Lynn was a huge, huge lover of all things cruise, as well as all things related to the Real Housewives. And to this day, I can't see a cruise ship or a commercial for that reality show without thinking of him. And, you know, it also was the beginning of a friendship with one of my favorite people on the planet, our host, Doug. So um, I personally have a lot to thank Lynn for, and I miss him every day. It's crazy how life has a way of making you cross paths with people and sometimes like the most unconventional way. It's so true. I mean, Lynn, the reason Lynn and I connected actually was um, uh, he followed me on Twitter and I was trying to get a copy of a magazine called um, Porthole Magazine, which many people have, have heard of. Um, my friends that were trying to help me find a copy always joked that it sounded like some kind of pornography. And I was like, well, yeah, it is. It's cruise porn. And um, Lynn reached out to me and said, oh, I they sell it in my the lobby of my building. I can send you a copy. And that's how we started talking. And uh, over the next few years, we became very good friends. And like I said, through him, I met you. So yeah, the world has a, the, the world or the heavens or someone had a plan in mind and it all works out. Well, it sure has been a hell of a year, but we're going to cap it off on a positive note. You're cruising here in uh, what, a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, less than two weeks. I'll be doing the uh, Norwegian Gem to Bermuda. Just a quick five-day trip, but the Gem is one of my favorites. It was actually my very first ship that I ever did. And, uh, you know, people are always like, oh, what are you going to do in Bermuda? I don't care. <laughs> I may not even get off the ship. I just could really use a couple of days of, you know, some eating, some drinking, some gambling, some good old relaxing. What's your next trip? My next trip is Nashville here in a couple of days, and then I'm going to go over to Utah to ski for a couple of weeks, 
and then I think Hawaii in February, but not on a cruise, just a land vacation over to Maui. And a couple other things. I just got back from my 35th cruise, so since the restart. Going to take a couple of months off at the first of the year to recharge the old batteries. So, Richard, as always, my friend, thank you so much. And thanks for showing up every week in 2022. I hope you do the same in 23. Be there with you. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Have a tip or a lead on a news story? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. We always enjoy getting your questions. You can send your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Debbie writes in and says, what should we do while we're in St. Thomas? We want to mix in the beach with some of the sites. The ship only ports there from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And to help me field this question is Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked podcast. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Doug? How are you? Good, man. I know one thing you know a lot about is St. Thomas. I want to turn this question over to you. I appreciate it. I don't know if I know too much, but I do (laughs) love me some St. Thomas. So I would say the first thing you have to kind of be aware of when you get to St. Thomas is what is the cab situation? Do you want to rent your own private vehicle or do you want to kind of wait in line? I would recommend if you can, see if you can get in touch with somebody and get a little bit of a private tour. They're not really that expensive. Uh, You can negotiate that prior to getting there. There's a really cool Facebook group called uh, What's Going On in St. Thomas. And if you pop on there, there's tons of recommendations for people who can get you those open air safaris with the nice music, how we like it. Um, I would say you basically have to make a decision. How immersive do you want to get? Do you want to spend all day in one beach and maybe one kind of district or area in St. Thomas? Or do you want to get the all-encompassing, all-day kind of full island tour? I break it down into four spots. The first thing you could do is stay close. If you get off the ship, there's an area called Haven Site. There's a ton of bars, restaurants, shopping. You could also pair that up with either a Lindbergh Bay Beach excursion, self, I guess self-led, just head over there. Or you can head up to Paradise Point, which is a beautiful vantage point of the cruise ship, the harbor, Haven site itself, Charlotte Amali. It's beautiful up there. Now, if you want to get into one of the safari taxis, taxis, you can make your way over to Red Hook. Red Hook is a cool district that also has bars and restaurants. But I would say, you know, you would want to maybe pair that up with Secret Harbor Beach or maybe Sapphire Beach. Another thing you can do, end up on the mountaintop, the gift shop. It's kind of like a landmark. You kind of, I guess, uh, cruise across that skyline highway. There's a bunch of different vantage points and beautiful views. And when you're talking about these views, they're like, I mean, screensaver type views. And you go on mountaintop for a little while, 
you get one of those banana daiquiris, do a little shopping, and then you take in that view. You can pair that up with a quick little run back down to Megan's Bay Beach, which is one of the most celebrated beaches on the planet. And then if you want to get a little remote, this one's the furthest one. So if you got to be a little ambitious, if you want to do this one, it's called Cokey Point Beach. Beautiful beach, definitely more remote, a little more rustic, but you can pair that up if you want to see some, you know, uh, some sea life. They have a, a, a place called the, um, the Coral World Ocean Park Aquarium. And that's a beautiful place to kind of check out, you know, some of the, uh, you can go underwater, you can see a lot of sea life there. Now, that is your op. Those four options are your options if you want to really get deep into a certain, I guess, you know, particular location. You can do all of that if you want to, but you just have to realize you're not going to be able to spend as much time as you might like otherwise if you're uh, if you're doing the whole tour. But like I said, try to reserve that private tour, open air safari. If, if, depending upon how many people you have, you don't really have to pay more than 30, 40 bucks a person for it. You were mentioning Red Hook and Secret Harbor Beach is over there, but I'll tell you what, man, every time I get close to Red Hook, I want to jump on that ferry and head over to St. John. Oh, totally. That's one of the other options, too. You just have to realize the only thing, and Doug, you know your way around St. Thomas, too. St. John is a commitment. We were hit with the harsh reality. I wanted to sneak in a mountaintop visit with a St. John run on the ferry. They basically laughed at me. They said, you know what, if you want to go to St. John, you know, you can do that. I could take you there, but I'll be making some money on my um, my my Airbnb tonight with you because you're not making it back to the ship in time. So St. John is, I think you might agree, is the most popular excursion, but that's an all day commitment, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we should reiterate, it is a commitment, as you said, because it's not just walking off the cruise ship and going over to St. John if you're doing it on your own. It's catching a cab over to the Charlotte Amalie Terminal or to Red Hook, and then taking a ferry to St. John, doing your beach day, and then catching the ferry back and the taxi back to the ship. So there is some little uh, little logistics involved. And you don't want to play around with mm-hmm. that. Once you do get back to Red Hook, you could yeah. have all your ducks in a row and know exactly when your ferry time is, but you're not 100% sure the way those cabs run, that you're going to be able to get a cab right at a red hook that's going to get you back on time for your ship. So you're going to have to allocate a you know a good couple of hours to making sure that you're going to make it back in time. You can't go wrong with any of the beaches on St. Thomas. And there's something just about the island itself, whether it be St. Thomas or St. John. I've been there a dozen times or so before these two trips this month, and there's just something about the island life. It's it's a laid back feel that it's it's damn sure not like here in Jacksonville. Yeah, and, and more particularly St. John, I guess. Oh, for sure. If you're a hiker or you like the beaches, another great place to go, St. John, for the day. Just manage your time carefully. But basically, Virgin Islands National Park is all what St. John is, is an outer perimeter road that goes around to all the little beaches. But the interior is pretty much all part of the national park system there. There's been at least three or four separate times that I've been to St. Thomas with the intention of getting to St. John. And, um, you know, I, I really do. I really, it's really one of my favorite places on the planet. I absolutely love St. Thomas. And I know, I know for a fact, the day I get to St. John, I'm going to be upset with myself for having waited so long to get there, but, uh, I will get there. I will make it there at some point. So let me ask you, what do you do while you're in St. Thomas? I like to do the whole island tour. It's just for me with the music, with the reggae, with the banana daiquiris, with the right company. That's just to me the ultimate St. Thomas experience for, mm-hmm. that, that I love. 
But so I don't think that's the time I'm going to make it, but I'm going to try to sneak one in before that. But I, I did want to ask you, Doug, I've been going to St. Thomas, I guess we'll call it about 11 years now, not every year, but every other year or so. Have you, is it me or have you seen just infrastructurally? And I guess from the standpoint of just how much busier things have gotten, uh, I remember getting off the ship, you know, roaming out to the street, coming off and just kind of flagging down some of those taxis. Uh, I remember Megan's Bay, you can just kind of roll up on there and maybe pay a $5 cover. It seems like everything has a charge associated with it now. Mm-hmm. Everything has become more, I guess, uh, geared towards separating you from your money. Is that is that is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. I was surprised heading into Megan's Bay. I had to pay at two different checkpoints, like a, a park fee and then a beach fee for $5. Also very important that we mention, you were talking about the taxis or the open air cab. If you don't pre-book something and you're just going to get off the ship and hop on a cab or hop inside one rather, cash only, no credit cards. And they normally have to wait until the whole thing is filled up before they're dispatched to Megan's Bay or a cruise bay or whatever. So make sure you carry some cash with you. Totally, totally. And when you mentioned the credit card, it's 100% true if you're rolling up on them kind of cold off the ship. Now, their exception to that, if you do want to use your credit card, that's another advantage of booking in advance. Oh, yeah, like I said, course. that group is called What's Going On St. Thomas. And when I just jumped in there, I asked what I wanted. I said, basically, I wanted a full island tour, about 25 people. Can we get in this thing? You know, who, what do you recommend? Everybody unanimously recommended this guy peanut i don't see him on there anymore but i would say again maybe go back on there and check and then if you wanted to pre-book your uh your ride at that point if you're hell-bent on using a credit card you could do it that way Mm -hmm. but as doug says don't get off the ship and expect you're going to be able to throw plastic around yeah if you're cruising with a few friends uh, throw in a couple of bucks each and just hire a driver for the day it's much better than um, having to be on tours with other people or you know just you kind of act a fool and do things that you want to do and it's just you and the friends and they will literally cater to whatever you want if mm-hmm. you change your mind on the fly if you have that pre-booked you got them for the whatever you want to call it four six hour block i mean they'll help you you know what i mean they're very nice people the island culture down there is beautiful they they really work with you and let's just say you were planning on going from mountaintop to red hook but then you switched it up because somebody in the group wants to go to see Koki beach no problems whatsoever as long as you've secured that you know that driver and again you'd be surprised it's not as much as you might think in closing and wrapping this up give us those four beach options again Okay, but we did have a blast on top of that paradise <laughs> yeah, point. So, <laughs> well, well, when we met up there and I saw what was going on up there, we took the sky right up there. I mean, I can tell you, let's just start with that haven site. You get off the ship, you can get so much accomplished just by walking around, shopping. There's a really cool bar there called the Tap and Still. Like I said, you do have Lundberg Beach that's very, very close by. But a great, great option is to just get on that sky ride and you go up there and it's a nice restaurant up there. I mean, you could spend the whole day there. So that's one option. Second option, if you take a uh, safari out to Red Hook, now you have a restaurant district out there. I believe there's another tap and still out there. And then you have Secret Harbor Beach or Sapphire Beach. Another option going up to Mountaintop Gift Shop, which is, I mean, it sounds like, you know, what am I going to a gift shop? But this is an absolute, it's like a, what would you call it? Almost like an airplane hangar sized gift shop. Mm -hmm. Huge ceilings, a lot of stuff to choose from. And then a bar in the back with a gorgeous viewpoint and an observation deck. Yes, it is an absolute worthwhile destination. And then you can kind of couple that with the Megan's Bay Beach Run. 
Or if you're feeling, uh, I guess, adventurous, you take your trip out to Cokey Point Beach. When I went to Cokey Point Beach, I was, I mean, neck high in the water. You can still see your feet. It's absolutely beautiful. And then right there, you have uh, Coral World Ocean Park Aquarium. You can pair that up. And again, like I said, you can have no, there'll be no problem. If you want to see it all, you could see it all. You just got to manage your time. And then, yeah, like you said, St. John is always that option if you want to spend the whole day over that way. Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Where can we find you? Alwaysbebooked.com is the website. But if you like podcasts, Always Be Booked, you just search that anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. And I also have a YouTube channel. So, Doug, I appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.